All right, good morning, if you will, turn with me to our text. Our text is found in Ephesians 3, verse 12 this morning. Ephesians 3, 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank Thee, O Lord, for this time that you've given us to come away, that you've brought us away from the world this day, O Lord. You have brought us away in body. We pray that you would bring us away in mind and soul, and that you would meet us there with thy spirit to instruct us, Lord, in thy word. O Lord, may you be that present help to our souls this day. May you show us thy love, and show us, Lord, what we have in thee, what you have purposed in thy Son. O Lord, may you be glorified this day, and may you feed thy sheep according to thy will and for thy pleasure. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Paul writes, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. I know that when we see those first two words, in him, in whom, and we have a lot of in hymns in Ephesians, our mind should take us to that union that we have in Christ. I think as every day that goes by in my life, when the Lord brings me back to see this union, then everything's okay. Everything's okay. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter what's going on in my family. It doesn't matter what kind of fears I have. And I have them. I have many concerns. Many things weigh down my spirit. But when the Lord comes and shows me this union, that I am in Him, that I am safe and secure in Him, just as He was a picture of the ark. And what He has done for me, what He has done in His Word, He has done for me. That's what that means in Him. When He stood there, when He died on the cross for sin, He did that for me. When He rose out of the grave victorious, He did that for me and for all of those that are in Him. That's where life is, in Him. That's what I want to touch a little bit upon this union later, but we want to first see in this chapter, this portion of this letter, and let's not forget, Paul wrote letters. These are not sermons. These are letters. Paul is adamant in the Word of God that he preached Christ. He preached Christ crucified. Letters were filled with church polity, Letters were filled with instruction. Letters were filled about doctrine. But Paul preached Christ. Paul, in this letter, if we, and that was the whole point of this, this portion of this letter, as he said earlier that he was revealed this great mystery, the mystery of Christ. And that it was hidden, and it is hidden. It's hidden to the world. And I thought about that this morning, and I thought about that the last couple of days of what Jesus said when he, when he said to the Father, I rejoice that you have hidden it from the wise and prudent, but you've revealed thy truth. You've revealed the Son to babes. And I thought about the Lord's design in that. And I think today as I, as I listen to people, as I learn, as I, I read, as I listen to sermons, and as I, I'm listening and hoping to hear Christ exalted, because as I've said, 
Everything flows through Christ. He is the preeminent one. He is the head of all things. And Paul, that is the mystery, as he said, um, by revelation in verse 3, he said, by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Verse 4, he said, in the mystery of Christ. And then he tells us where we start today in verse 7, he says, whereof I was made a minister. Paul was made a minister, made a minister. He was chosen before the foundation of the world to speak this, to speak the gospel that is in Christ Jesus, that everything flows from Christ, that Christ is life. He was made a minister to do so. And what a blessing that is, because as I said, I listen to a lot of things, I see a lot of things, I I research a lot of things, and there's not a lot of truth out there. Man is so full today of finding out doctrine or, or or trying to spend his time thinking about what words mean, and, and they lose sight of what Christ has revealed in His Word because it hasn't been revealed to them. But what, the Lord, what He says here, I was made a minister according to the gift of grace. It's by God's grace. Paul didn't learn it in any seminary. He didn't learn it at the feet of Gamaliel. He didn't even learn it on the road to Damascus. He learned it by grace at the feet of Christ and that is how it was revealed to Him. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. And Paul is very zealous to let us know throughout all of his letters that he wrote. He was very zealous for Christ. He was very zealous for the power of Christ. In fact, Our text today ends with that, by the faith of Him. He was very zealous to let us know that there was nothing in Him. There was nothing in Paul. There was nothing that made Paul approvable to Christ. Christ, by the grace that's given by the Father through the Son, applied by the Holy Spirit, was chosen to be this minister. And that grace rested upon Christ, and that grace... rested upon Paul, and Paul spoke the gospel as that grace empowered him to do so. And that's what we... It was given unto me by the power, the effectual working of His power. Unto me. This is what grace does. It humbles. It humbles the minister. It humbles the one that God has chosen to speak, where the one who's chosen to speak has nothing to say, but Christ has done it all. Christ is the reason I'm here. Christ, I am here to preach Christ. That's what Paul said. Unto me, who am less than the least of all the saints. So I said, it humbled him. It humbled him. Lord, you would pick me to stand before thy people and to proclaim thy gospel. And Paul looked at himself and he said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I persecuted the people of God. I did all of these. And we can recount all of our sins. And I can recount all of the sins of my life today to you. I can tell you I'm not worthy to preach the gospel of Christ. But grace says otherwise. Grace says, I fit you for the ministry to preach the totality of what Christ is for His people. That's what he said. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles 
the unsearchable riches of Christ. I was listening to one this week who was talking about he'd received many letters, people accusing him of preaching too much Christ and not preaching enough about what should go on in the church or about doctrines or about the images that are in the Old Testament or things like that. And 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 he said, you know, sometimes I do stumble that way. Sometimes I think, am I going to run out of what to say about Christ? But can we? Can the minister of God run out of what to say about Christ? No. Because it's unsearchable riches, which means we can't mind them. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the, the full knowledge of who Christ is. I'm at the mercy of the Lord every time I come up here to provide anything that's about Him. My knowledge, I can teach you about what I've learned, but what have I learned? What has Christ made Himself to me to be? Just as was what Paul is saying. I, and, and, and that's the thing. As it humbled Him, as He decreased, Christ increased in His life. And he said, that's what I preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And they are unsearchable. I I would hope every one of us leaves this place with a desire, a desire today to know Christ more, to go and search the Scriptures, and, and to desire to know what Christ says in the Scriptures. But I guarantee you, you'll never exhaust everything that Christ is. One day we'll know. Right now we don't know. Not while we're down here. We have a fallen nature that is in us and that we carry around with us. So we are not been perfected in Christ. Paul said, I've not, I'm not attained. The Apostle Paul said that. And we can read all of these beautiful things that he wrote about. And we understand that he preached Christ crucified. But he said, I haven't attained. He hasn't attained. Because Paul was a sinner. Just like you and I are. And then verse 9, he says, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Not the fellowship of the saints, the fellowship of the mystery. Because that's where fellowship of the saints comes from. The mystery. The mystery that's Christ. That's who unites. That's who heals. That's who brings together. Paul's desire, fervent desire, was for the people of God to see it. My fervent desire, and I'm including myself, is to see Him. I don't want to go home today and see other things. I don't want to sin. I don't want to seek the world. I truly can stand up before you today and say, I don't want those things. I want to see Christ. I want to learn more about Christ. And that's what Paul's saying. I I desire to have all men see the depth of what Christ is to His people. Because that's where peace is. When the law comes down on you, what, what Christ has to show you, He has fulfilled that law. That ain't Christ speaking to you. The have-tos, the must-tos, you got to do. That's not Christ. Christ is the end of the law. We need to hear Christ every day. Paul said, I, I wish I could make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. He's already defined the mystery of being Christ. 
What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God? Hid in God. That means it has to be revealed. It's not something we can attain to. No man who created all things by Jesus Christ. Paul said, this is what was revealed to me. We know the history of Paul. We know how smart he was. We know who he sat at the feet of. And none of that, he said, account all that is done. Because it did nothing for me in my life. It was nothing. It was a waste of my life. I look back at those times in my life and I think of that too. There was a lot of waste in my life about times that I thought I was seeking Christ and I wasn't. I was seeking doctrine. I was seeking what men had to say about it. I don't care. I really don't. I really don't. I want to know what the Lord says in His Word. And we're just told that it's hid. This mystery of Christ is hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. And that's what I said, you know, when Christ said that. He he rejoiced and He said, Lord, I'm thankful that you have hidden this from the wise and prudent. That doesn't mean that wise men can't see Christ. It means wise men must have been shown that they're dumb that they may see Christ. That's how. We're brought off the high horse. Paul was a very wise man. But he said the preaching of Christ was foolishness. Foolishness. That's the way the world looks at it. It's foolishness to preach Christ and Christ alone. Christ is the answer to this sin. Christ is the answer to anxiety. Christ is the answer to life. Life's questions. We have a lot of young ones in here. They have a lot of life's questions. Well, there's one answer, and that's the mystery of Christ, and it must be revealed. must be revealed by the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Ghost. Created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. That's what he says it again. It must be revealed by heaven. Those who reside in heaven. It's a heavenly understanding. It must come from above. You must be born again. You must be born from above. But even after being born again, we're still dependent. There are some today that don't believe that. They believe once they're born again that they can go off their merry way and they have enough in them now to seek Christ and to come to Christ. I would ask every one of you in here, has that been your testimony? Can you seek Him on your own? Do you come away from your family problems? Do you come away from anxiety? Do you come away from your illnesses? Do you snap your fingers and come to Christ anytime you want? Or do you have to be brought there? Do you have to be brought to His feet? Do you have to be humbled? Do you have to be shown that He is life? That's my testimony. I hope it's yours. Verse 11 says, according to the eternal purpose. This was according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He purposed this revelation to be in Christ alone. He purposed the hiding of His gospel. He purposed all of this 
And he said, you know what? I purpose it in my son. My son will execute. You say, well, why is it you preach the, the son and not the father? Well, we do preach the father. We preach the son. We preach the Holy Ghost. But the father has given him preeminence. The father has said, hear ye him. The father has said, this is the one that is to be preached because there's salvation in no other name. You and I need that salvation. We need it to be told us that we are saved, but we need it applied every day because there's so much doubt in this world. So much doubt and I doubt myself all the time. And then we come to our text. So we've read, read down to our text and we have those two words, in whom. Just turn back with me a couple pages and we'll see how Ephesians begins. Let's pick up in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's where they are. All of our blessings, everything that the child of God has need of is in Christ. Remember, this is in whom. According as He has chosen us in Him, that's Christ, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. That's in Christ. Holiness is in Christ. Without blame is in Christ. Today, there's a lot of blame to go around to you and I about many things today. We're blamed for a lot of things. A lot of them rightfully so. However, the child of God's innocence, if you will, is in Christ. The blood washes away the sin. In Christ is where that sin will never be seen by the Father. Because it's covered by the blood. In Christ is holiness. In Christ, and it's purposed. Remember that. God the Father's purpose was this. To have everything in His Son. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. To the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted. Where? In the Beloved. In Christ. That's, that's it. That's, that's the union. that we Remember how we started the day? This is where I find refuge. This is where I find peace. This is where I find comfort. This is where everything else looks so small to me. The problems that go on in this life, the problems of this world, they're small, though minimal. They're nothing compared to this union. This union is so big, Christ has done it all. This union is so sure. This union has done everything for me. And I'm accepted in Him alone. In the Son alone. Oh boy, how much time we spend trying to be accepted by people. To just know that this person likes me or this person approves of me. But you know, it really doesn't matter. We spend a lot of time in this life looking at things from our point of view and viewing life according to our point of view. And it doesn't matter. It only matters how God sees it. And that's the beauty about the New Testament and sending His Son is all of that Old Testament stuff has been fulfilled in Christ. 
So we can't go back to that Old Testament stuff, the law and the have-tos and must-tos, and go, this is wrong or condemn because Christ is the end of that. So yes, the law can bring us and show us what sin is, but only Christ can heal. Only Christ can tell us we're saved from that sin. Only, And that's in this union. That's in this glorious union to be accepted. The Father says, yes, well done, my faithful servant. You know why He says that? Because that's what He said to His Son. That's what he's, His Son has done everything perfectly. And if we be in Him, those are the words we will hear in that day. We will hear that, well done. My faithful servant. Why? Because of Sean? No. Because of Christ, the faithful servant. That's how we're safe in the Beloved. That's how we have life in the Beloved. Verse 7 says, In whom again? We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. We have redemption. We have through His blood, we have the fact that as we were lost in sin, as we were all sinners, we were dead in sins and trespasses, He has quickened. And He has covered those sins with His blood. He has bought us back from the one that we served all of our life. We served the wicked one. We served the ways of this world. Christ has purchased us to serve Him. And we can go on and on. I can't read all the way down to chapter 3, but look at verse 11, in whom? Verse 13, in whom? All throughout chapter 2, in whom? What we have in Christ. And that's what this blessed letter is about. So I think we've established the in whom part. We understand that in whom is in Christ. Everything is in the head. It makes sense. So it's the way our bodies, our hands are not going to work unless our head tells them to. That's what we are. That's what we are as the body of Christ in Christ. But in this union, that's what I love about this little short passage today. We have three things. We have boldness, we have access, and we have confidence. Now I'm going to tell you something. I read those three things and that, those do not describe me most of the time. I don't feel bold. I feel bold in Christ. I feel the boldness by the faith of another. In the faith of another. I don't feel boldness in my faith. I don't feel boldness in my duty. I don't feel boldness in my ability. I've been shown too many times my failures. I've had those around me to remind me of that. I remind myself of that. Many times I fall short. I don't have any boldness in myself. I really don't. But in Christ, there is a boldness, an assurance, a, 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 a lack of fear. It's, it's a great living hope. There's no fear. There's no, there's no trepidation. The only place we're going to go outside of this passage today is Esther. So if you will, turn with me over to Esther chapter 4. This is what it reminded me of when I first heard, when I first, boldness came to mind, this is the passage the Lord brought to me. I know, sounds kind of odd, but 
I think you'll see it here in a minute. Esther chapter 4. Now the backdrop is, we all know the story of Esther, I think, and we know that um, Esther was chosen by the king and he was her, uh, she was his wife and the Jews were, were about to be slaughtered because Haman had made this plan and um, Esther was revealed something. We're going to pick up right here in 16. Well, we'll pick up back up in 15. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go tell Mordecai this. Mordecai had pleaded with Esther, said, you have to do something. We're all about to be slaughtered. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. That's the boldness that the child of God has. There's nothing bonding, bounding them. The bondage is set free. When the Lord said to Lazarus, come forth. Nothing bound Lazarus. He came forth from the grave. He came in those grave clothes. They fell off of him. All those bondages that he had. Esther had great fear. But faith was given. The faith of the Son of God. And she said, here's the plan. And let me tell you something. We know what the penalty was, right? What is the penalty for sin? Death. What is the penalty for coming before the king? Uncalled. Death. But the Lord had given her something that transcended the law. It transcended the have to. It transcended the must to. And she said, I will go unto the king which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. That doesn't sound like me to me someone who was fearful of death. The sting of death has been taken away. The fear of death has been taken away. How? How? This is the faith that we need. This is the boldness that we need. But it's in Christ. So Mordecai went, to, went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so. When the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter. The golden scepter is the mediator. It's Christ that brings us to the Father. And there was a faith that brought her there and the con condemnation of the law didn't keep her from coming. And the bondage that was there in life did not keep her from coming. And the Lord brought her to Him, brought her to the king, and there was pardon. We always are brought up under the power of the law, think that we're going to get crushed just like the Mount Sinai was. But that's not what we have because of Christ. Because of the union we have in Christ. That's the beauty that's displayed right here. He held out the scepter that was in His hand so Esther drew near 
She drew near because of the scepter telling her it is acceptable to draw near. That's the power that brought her there. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the union that we have in Christ. That is the boldness that we have. When facing condemnation, when facing the death, when facing the the rigors of life, and what life could offer the next day or the very next minute, the faith of Him transcends that. And that's what we have here. And when I, like I said, I, I hope you see it because that's what the Lord laid on my heart when I, saw, when I saw the word boldness. I thought, wow, that's Esther. That's what the Lord gave her to overcome, to not see what's here on this plane. Not to see what's in front of her by sight but to see by faith. Paul said a few things about boldness. He said in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. I love that. I've told you that a hundred times. When I see that word let, it's the power of the Lord to do so. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be plants. Let there be... Yes, I need that creative power in my soul. I need Him to say, Come boldly. To create that willingness in me. That's Him. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Somewhere in this week, if not this day or not this next hour, you're going to need time. You're going to need grace. It's going to be a time of need. We're going to be attacked. We're going to be thought of. Uh, we're going to have bad thoughts. That's the way Satan works. That's the way our fallen mind works. and We need that grace. And may the Lord bid us to come. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with what such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's that union. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then verse 6 says this, So... Because that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Because of being accepted in Him. Because of that. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's what we just saw. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. 1 John 4.17 talks about something very... Very blessed. And I think I've touched on it already. First John 4, 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The boldness is in Christ to know that, that in that day, and you can have this either way you want it, in the day the Lord comes, the day of, that day of judgment, that the Lord will say, Well done. You are welcome into my kingdom. That boldness comes from Christ because of what He's done and by His merits. But this is also experiential. We need it experientially, which means every day in our life. We need to experience Christ to say that our sins are covered, that our sins are taken away. We need Him to say that we're forgiven. We need Him to say that we're in Him. That's where boldness comes from. Either way, we we need that boldness and we need it from Him because it's in Him. Because, oh, listen to the rest of this verse. 
Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. That's union. As He is, as He did, as He was, so are we. That's what, that's what that means. Everything that He has for His people, He's done. He's went first. He's the resurrection. He's the life. He's the, he's the one who defeated the temptations of the devil. He's done all this. In whom we have boldness. But we also have access with confidence. When I think of access, of course, I think of the, re- the veil being rent so that now I have access to the Father. I have access to the Holy of Holies. I have access to that throne because of Him, because of Christ. And I have that access with confidence. I, I've got to tell you, I've, I've lived on this earth uh, 48, almost 49 years. I've never been a confident person. I just haven't. I've lacked confidence a lot in my life. Uh, I was told that was the end of my Bass career because I lacked confidence. It was true. I didn't have any confidence. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that today. I wasn't thankful for that then. I'm thankful for that today. I don't want to have confidence in myself. I know what Paul said about having confidence in ourselves. But, but that access that we have is very much important. That access is, is how we come into the Holy of Holies. How we have that relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Romans 5.2, Paul wrote, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. We have access by faith, which we already heard in our text today, it's the faith of Him. We have, that, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's that living hope. That's what we have. That's what sustains the child of God. And it's not presumption. And it's not um, a frivolous hope like we, we hope it doesn't rain when we're going out to our car. It's a living hope. It's a hope that sustains the child of God to know that the expected end is done in Christ and that Christ will take us to that expected end. That it's finished in Him. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Through Him. By Him. <clears throat> then speaking of confidence... Paul wrote these things. In Philippians 1.6, we know this verse, being confident of this very thing. You say, wow, Paul, that's quite a statement. You're confident. What are you confident of? And Paul says, I'm confident of one thing. What is that? That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until he reveals Christ in your soul. He will begin that work he will do that work and He will take you to the end all the way to reveal Christ. Not yourself. That's so important. That's so important because when we're left to ourselves, everything leads to us. Everything is about us. Everything's about my pride. Everything's about me. I'm, I'm hurt this way or, or I've been wrong this way. I go through this a lot. But what is the faith of the Son of God? And that's what Paul says. I'm confident. I'm confident of this for you people he's writing to. I'm confident of this, confident of this, that that which Christ has begun, he'll finish it in Christ. 
That's, that's, that's a confident thing. I stand before you today and say amen to that. I'm so thankful that Christ finishes it in Himself. Proverbs 14.26 says this, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. So the Lord tells us in His Word that He will put His fear in our hearts. Not the fear to crawl under the table when we see a tornado, but the fear in reverential awe that the Lord holds my, my life in His hand. That He will do with me whatever pleases Him. And He rightfully will do that. He is just and holy and merciful in everything that He does. That's the fear of the Lord. And the confidence we have comes out of a fear of the Lord. Not the fear of man. Not the fear of failing. You hear that so much in life. You use that fuel to fail and you'll have confidence. No. And these poor guys that are told that, they fail one after another, after another, after another. But in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And His children shall have a place of refuge. Where? In Christ. In the fear of the Lord. That's what, that's what Christ is in the soul. That's that reverence for Christ that you don't want to sin. That you do not want to do anything against His holiness. Against what He's done for me. Against His laying down of His life for me. Philippians 3.3 3 says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. There's a huge difference between the confidence in the flesh and the confidence that lies in Christ Jesus that we have access to because of Him. Huge difference. One's in man and founded in man in the wisdom of man. And one is in the power of God. And the last one I'll share with you is in 1 John 2.28. And now, little children, abide in Him. But when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. You hear that? You hear where the confidence for the child of God comes? When He appears. When He is the shepherd and I see the shepherd leading me, that's where my confidence. That's where my boldness is. I see the shepherd. I see him. I see him exalted. I see me abased. That's where confidence is. Not what the world says. Not where you lift yourself up. It's what John said that. He must increase. I must decrease. And that rings true for every one of us in here. And then the final little saying that we have in this verse, this which I've already touched on many times in our text, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. And that reads exactly the way it is. By the faith of Him. Our confidence can't be in our own faith because it will fail. Our confidence must be in this Hebrews 11 faith, which is the faith of Him the faith of another. And you say, well, what if it isn't given to me? Well, we've already spent all day telling you that God has ordained and willed for this faith to be given to His children. This faith to be a living faith that's exercised. 
this faith to do, this faith to perform, this faith to live, this faith to act. And it's yet not I, but it's His faith. I know you know it's coming. Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with Christ. I hope we can all say that today. That I'm crucified with Christ. That's the access we have. That's, the, that's what we have in this union. We're crucified with Christ. He died, we died. We must die to self daily. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And because He lives in me, because of that union, because He lives in me, and the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Is that enough? Is that enough for you today? I'd love to have boldness. I'd love for all of you to have boldness and access with confidence. Walk out of here with that boldness and access with confidence in Christ. To know that He has brought you to Him. And that your life that you live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. And finally, Habakkuk 2.4 Behold, His soul which is lifted up is not upright in Him. See that? That's love the beginning of that verse. His soul that is lifted up is not upright in Him. It's not pleasing to God when we're when our soul and our mind and our hearts are lifted up in pride and they're lifted up in self. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. That's a good message. We shall live by his faith. May the Lord be pleased today to reveal this passage to you on every level that it's needed. I know we all have different things in our lives. We all have things going on. We all have very much concerns about things. But may the Lord reveal this union and what we have in Him. And may He bring you to Him. Ephesians 3.12 In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Dear Heavenly Father, may You add Thy power and clarity for Thy name's sake and for Thy glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.